Hi, this is your host, Ryan, and I'm here today with our special guest, Dr. Beverly Yates. Dr. Beverly Yates is an expert on weight loss and women's health, including PCOS weight loss. She has over two decades of clinical experience. She's a caring doctor and a lifelong athlete. And in her former career as an MIT-educated electrical engineer, Dr. Beverly was a problem solver. And now as a doctor, she continues to use her problem-solving skills to help other women solve their weight loss problems. Now in today's interview, which is part of Dr. Beverly's PCOS weight loss tip series, we're going to be talking about PCOS weight loss and tips for eating out, specifically things that you should do when you're eating out away from home. Beverly, it's great to be with you here again, and welcome to the call. Hey, thanks so much. I always enjoy doing these. Uh, likewise as well. Let's dive right in. Tell me, let's talk about eating out. Tell me how important is it for you to know, you know what you're eating um, when you're eating out? Because listen, it's one thing, right, when you're cooking your own food, because you know what you're putting into it. Yeah. But when you're not in control of what you're putting into your meals, how important is it for you to know what is going in your mouth? Oh, it's super important. I tell you, I've seen more good intentions and hard work with weight loss absolutely devastated, particularly with PCOS, just from not paying attention to what you're putting in your mouth when you eat away from home or you're otherwise eating out. You know, it really makes a difference. It almost feels like it. it's like a um, – like the rules don't apply. <laughs> yeah. Like, like all rules go out the window because like when you're putting – when you're in control over what you're making and cooking, it's like – you need to be aware. You need to watch out because if you put a pound of butter in something that you're cooking, you know you put it there, so you're not going to do it. But it's almost like when you eat out, it's easy to be the ostrich just putting your head in the sand and not really taking control over what you put in your mouth. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. How important is it to, to take control, so to speak, over what you eat and what you order when you're uh, eating away from home? Yeah, it's, it's of critical importance. And I'm not saying that a person needs to be a control freak, but they do need to take control and really take charge. And here's what the difference is. When it comes to PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and how difficult it makes for women to lose weight and to be successful with that, to both lose it and then maintain their weight loss, the name of the game, as anybody who's looked at any of my work, you've got to know this by now. You've got to control your blood sugar. And if you aren't in control of your blood sugar, you will not have success with the weight loss, either losing it or keeping it off. So then when you go to go out, you know, it's kind of like a wild card, right? It's Pandora's box. So if you don't um, take charge of that, then you're saying to yourself, it's okay to not have success with PCOS weight loss. You're telling yourself in your body, you're just going to whipsaw it all over the place and whatever happens, happens. And so some of the consequences of that is just that continued feeling of frustration, of failure, of disappointment, a continued sense of the body doesn't work right, et cetera. When actually, you know, you're not setting the game up so you can win, so to speak. You know, it, it's 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 one of those things where taking charge is really important and um, having that intention that you're going to be really consistent, including when you go out. I mean, over the years, Ryan, I cannot tell you how many, particularly women, have said to me, in fact, I don't think I've heard a man say this, but women will say, oh, I'm going to a party. You know, if I eat a cheesecake at a party, the calories won't count. Or something to that effect. Right, right. Which is really crazy. <laughs> you know, the sense right. doesn't matter. It's, it's what you're actually eating. Right, right. And even though it's probably said sort of jokingly and, 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 and whatnot, but that's the attitude. Yeah. It's sort of like you, you kind of, you know, there are almost two sets of rules that apply. Um, you know, one at grandma's house and one at home. If you're, you know, if you're a kid and it's sort of like if you're 
you know, trying to um, take control of your own health and your diet, it's almost it almost feels like there are two sets of rules that apply: one when you're eating out, and one when you're yeah. one when you're at home. Yeah, it's true. Which we, which we know isn't isn't a good thing. So, in terms of taking control over what you eat, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is uh, knowing what you're eating. And if you're not the one making the food, then that means that you probably need to ask some questions like what's in this, how many calories, you know, that, that sort of thing. Is it okay to do that, to ask a lot of questions about the food that you're eating when it's prepared or cooked by someone else? Oh, yeah, you bet. You bet. Now, some people were raised perhaps with a set of uh, cultural beliefs or manners or, or a regional etiquette that says it's really not okay, that one should always be gracious, grateful, and thankful for the fact that someone else has prepared the food. I'm not saying to be a rude person at all. I think good manners matter, and there's a lot of value in that. But I do think it's okay. In fact, I know it's necessary to ask how food is prepared so that you can stay on the path to success with PCOS-related weight loss challenges. If you don't do it, you won't know. Some foods have um, added calories, usually in the way of fat added, that you might not necessarily taste. Most people, I think, can taste if sugars or sweet stuff has been added. But nonetheless, it's really a great idea always to ask questions about how food is prepared if you are at all unsure. Like a common example might be some appetizers that come with sauces. You might want to ask, what's in the sauce? You know, some sauces are very low calories. Some sauces are super high in calories. If you go out to eat, like at some of the national food chains, like TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday, or um, some of the steakhouses, other, you know, big, large national food chains and restaurants, Many of them anymore have the calorie counts on the menu. I can't tell you how often when I'm going out, I hear people gasp around me. They're shocked at the calorie counts just for the appetizers, never mind the entrees and desserts. You know, they could walk out of there having had in that one meal three to 5,000 calories. Look, unless you're an Olympic-level athlete, forget it. You can't eat that much in a day and expect to lose weight. So, yeah, you got to take charge here. This is no joke. What are some of the questions that are worth asking? Like, what are some of the things that – you know, on the surface might not seem obvious, mm -hmm. but that you might want to ask. Yeah, I can give you a list. You know, like for instance, I personally can't do cow's milk, right? So I often have to drill down on the, the usual suspects. So if I'm going to order a, a, dish, a dish that's a salad, for instance, I'll ask, is there any cheese added to this salad? Because some restaurants routinely finish their salads with some kind of a cheese, mm -hmm. even though it's not listed on the menu. Right. And if you have PCOS, you're going to need to know that. If there's sauces or gravies or if there's any meal that or any portion of the meal that might be likely to have sauces or gravies added, you need the details. A, number one, gravy, it's gone. Bye-bye. You can't have it. Sorry, ladies. The, the gravy is just not going to work for you because gravy is always made with refined flour, with grains, which is just your nemesis. It's your arch enemy. It's your kryptonite. You can't have it. Just no, no gravy. Sauces, if they're like, say, based on like grapefruit juice or lemon or lime, something like that, um, that's probably going to be okay, provided they haven't slathered it with a lot of, say, cornstarch and some other things that are going to do what? They're going to spike your blood sugar. <laughs> You're back in trouble again. You're better off, let's say, having vegetables um, plain if the sauce and gravy thing is just too much to, to deal with. Sometimes kitchens and restaurants are happy to accommodate you. Sometimes the, the people in the back uh, of the house there – the restaurant are not that skilled or otherwise unable to accommodate requests. And so, like I said, you're better off having your food plain. So if it's vegetables and they're otherwise going to, you know, put a ton of gravy or sauce on there, ask for them steamed. 
And they might look at you funny, but make sure they understand you want nothing added. And if you have to, tell them that you're allergic. I hate to say lie, but I have noticed if you say the word allergy, restaurant staff pay way better attention. It's you know you're so it's so you're so right about that. Our son is allergic to egg, and there are a lot of things that have egg in them, just yeah. beyond just eggs themselves. So there are a lot of questions that we need to ask. We need to make sure you know is there um, make sure there's no mayonnaise on you know the sandwich as right. an example because you know mayonnaise has egg, and they're very um, typically very good about that. It's funny that you brought up the topic of steamed vegetables because um, that's often a side dish that, that I'll order. And I remember at a restaurant recently, I'd ordered um, steamed vegetables, and I didn't think to ask if there was anything added to the steamed vegetables, but it came back, the vegetables came back with my meal, and it was in a little dish, and the quote-unquote steamed vegetables were covered in butter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny. So it's, I think another question to ask is to just triple check. You know, if you're getting something like steamed vegetables or salad, like you said, you know, ask: Are there, you know, are there is there cheese added to the salad? Can you please, add, you know, remove that? Are there bacon bits added to the salad? Can you please remove that? Are there croutons added to the salad? Yeah. Are these if there's butter added to these steamed vegetables? Can you just make them steam with absolutely nothing, no butter on them or anything like right. that? Right. Um, and it's funny because it kind of leads to another question that I'm curious, which is, say you get something, mm -hmm. you know, you're at a restaurant, you get something, and it either isn't what they promised or isn't quite what you expected. Like the case of the steamed vegetables, you know, slathered in a, you know, giant stick of butter. Yeah. Is it okay to send food back to the kitchen? Oh, yes, absolutely. And it's not bad manners to do that. Over the years, you know, sometimes in eating out, whether for business or for social purposes with family, you know, I've noticed sometimes people are reluctant to send things back to the kitchen when it's not quite right, particularly if they've made already the effort to clearly communicate and express what their needs are. Look, you know, the restaurant business, a party, you know, you're there as a guest, right? And particularly in a, in a restaurant, they're there to serve you and to meet your needs. And if what they've produced is inadequate, you need to send it back. It isn't bad manners at all. So don't struggle with that one even for a minute. And if you were raised to believe that that's bad manners, et cetera, I'm going to ask you to just step outside of that for the sake of your health. For polycystic ovarian syndrome, you know, PCOS, this issue with weight loss is just really stubborn and deep. And if you are having success, you're working at it, things are going well. You don't want to have what's been months of effort undone with a meal where it sets you back two, three pounds. Because the, the weight gain that can happen with a really badly designed meal for a woman with PCOS is unfair. It's not like she's going to gain an ounce or two. It can literally be two or three pounds out of wow. that one meal. It's that big of a deal. So, you know, you just have to say, look, I'm important enough. We're going to send this back to the kitchen and they get another chance to get it right. You know, or, or maybe your meal will be free. Some restaurants, if they make a mess of it, you know, they'll, they'll comp you. They'll, they'll make a complimentary and they won't charge you for um, your meal or maybe some portion of it or beverages or something like that. But you really do have to be insistent Take it seriously. Treat it as if it were an allergy, if you will, and make sure the food that you're eating is in accordance with what you need for your PCOS weight loss success. Right. You know, one strategy that I think is can be helpful is if you almost envision yourself asking on behalf of not yourself, but a loved one. Yeah. Like just imagine that you had That's a parent good. or a child that had some condition that you knew if they put that food in their mouth, it was going to put them in harm's way. Yep. You would do everything you could to stop that from happening. Yeah. But for some reason, we don't feel like we can do that on behalf of ourselves. I know. Right? So if you, if you think about that or if you 
treat your condition as almost like this this third party. Mm -hmm. So just like an allergy, it's almost like it's something that is um, separate from you. Yeah. Then it becomes easier because then you can say, listen, um, because of this condition that I have, so it's not you now trying mm -hmm. to be selfish or rude. Because of this condition that I have, I'm actually not able to eat this, and I'm I hate to do this, but I need to send it back. Yeah. Um, had I known, you know, had the menu said that she, you know, fill in the blank cheese was um, added on the salad, um, I would have asked to have it removed, but it, the menu didn't say, so would you kindly send back, you know, send it back and replace it with one that doesn't have any cheese? Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, and if you treat it like that, I think sometimes it's a little bit more palatable um, uh, mentally to, to do that without feeling like you're being a burden or you're being needy or all those feelings that we might have. Exactly. These are real issues and they come up, you know, all the time. And I find that this is often a, a silent, hidden place inwardly where people struggle. And then it shows up later, and then, you know, the whole thing starts to go backwards, and they start to feel like, oh, man, I'll never be successful with losing this PCOS weight. And you know what? you got to set the game up the whole day whenever you put anything in your mouth so you can win, and this is a key part of it. I don't want people to feel like they have to stay home and cook every meal. Right, right. You know, speaking of speaking of that topic, what about you know the difference between staying at home and making your own meals and eating out? One of the challenges is portion control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk talk to us a little bit about that because it's one thing, right? When you're at home and you can you know put your food in a smaller plate or you control if you're, you've got food on the on the cooktop and you give yourself one helping, you can control the size of that helping. Yeah. Uh, it's a different animal when you're eating either at a restaurant or maybe a, a friend's house at a dinner party. Talk to us about portion control. Sure. Sure, this is a really great, a really great one to bring up because I tell you, boy, I've had the, the privilege. I've really been blessed in life. I've had a chance to travel to other countries and to other continents, and I'm always struck by the size of the portions of food we have here, pretty much anywhere in the United States. I mean, our portions are enormous. Other parts of the world, people eat meals, full meals, but much smaller portions. And so, some of the women with PCOS-related weight problems have said, you know, consistently that they're having a problem with portion control. They don't necessarily know how to put the brakes on. And if you look at the size even of our dinner plate, um, it's gotten bigger over the years. If you look at a dinner plate from the 1930s, 1950s, even 1970s, it's at least 25 to 30% smaller than what the typical dinner plate is for sale in the store right now. You know, if you went to Sears or Macy's or Target or Walmart or wherever you might buy uh, dishes from, you know, you will notice, <coughs> excuse me, if you're older, how much larger the dishes have gotten. If you're a younger person, you may not have that perspective, in which case I would encourage you, if you have access to your grandparents' home or really elderly aunt or uncle, go and look. If they have china or older plates, you will see that the dinner, the entree plate, the dinner plate is smaller than what you're used to seeing. And it, it's, it's eye-catching to notice that difference. So for portion control, here's the guidelines I give for most women because we tend to be smaller than men, sometimes substantially smaller. If you look at the entire area of your hand, you know, let's say if you're going to have meat or fish or seafood, look at the palm of your hand. That's about the right amount to have and not more than that. So you're going to chop off the thumb, okay? Your protein can be that much. Your vegetable portion then can be the surface area of two of your hands. That can help you a lot. And if you have two of your hands together for veggies, that's going to be your success for PCOS-related weight loss. Whether or not you're having any um, fruit, etc., 
you know, your guidelines are make sure you've got the protein and the fiber going. And the fiber needs to be at least twice, maybe three times as much as your protein. And make sure the fiber is the dark leafy greens. And it's that kind of a relationship you want for your portion control. Leave the grains off. I think that's really a good idea. Certainly anything with flour, that's just deadly. I think anybody who's done any research whatsoever for PCOS weight loss and women who have focused in on this know that uh, processed foods, refined flours, things like that are just not their friend. Like I said, it's like Superman's kryptonite, you know, it's just a bad idea. Right, right. What about when you're eating with, um, like at a dinner party and you have a host or hostess that's, that's you know, inviting you there and, you know, they say, oh, you know, would you, would you like more? Would you know, like, you know, they might be serving you and kind of filling up your plate and, you know, you, you run into this sort of, you know, tough situation where, You've got, you know, you know, a portion that's larger than what you should eat, but you risk offending your host or hostess if you either leave food on your plate or you, you know, you reject something. You say, oh, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to eat that, or I can't eat that, or, you know, whatever it may be. How do you, you know, what are some strategies to kind of tackle that situation? That's another great question, and that's practical. Social stuff, you know, can really um, make a difference for weight loss success. So I have two strategies that I've used and that I've recommended to others that seem to work really well. One is to talk to your host or hostess in advance. So even if it's that evening or that afternoon you arrive at the party or the event, whatever it may be, and say, hey, you know what? I'm on a special program. You can blame it on the doctor if you want or your nutritionist, however you want to do that. But you're on a special program. And you know what? I need to have smaller portions. So can I show you roughly about how much I can actually handle? If, if you know in advance, obviously, if your host or hostess is going to serve you that way where you wouldn't have the choice. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a host or hostess that tends to hover and is monitoring everyone's eating and drinking and their idea of a good time is to stuff yourself, let them know in advance that you're not going to be stuffing yourself. You're going to be having smaller portions. You still love them. You still care about them. You still have high regard for them. And <laughs> you are not putting on the feedback today. And just to, to let them know very upfront that this is what I need, I still have a deep connection with you, and my connection with you has nothing to do with my consumption. I think just having that in a warm, friendly way, whatever is appropriate for your sitting setting, really should go a long way for success. The other way to handle it is go ahead. Let them put whatever there is they're going to put on your plate. Don't struggle with it. Eat the amounts that make sense for you. Again, you know, like I say, look at your hands. Get, get you an idea in case you don't already have one in your mind or you're feeling a little panicked, a little emotionally torn, and then say, you know what, I would love to take the rest home, may I? Well, they'll be complimented, they think you want to enjoy it again, which may or may not be true, and it gets you out of what might be a socially awkward situation. Right, now that's a really smart, really, really smart strategy. You know, everything, as I've been thinking, everything we've talked about, Beverly, um, so far, with the exception of kind of the preemptive process that you mentioned before you go to a dinner party, has been kind of when you're already out. Yeah. Um, But usually, not always, but usually we have a little bit of advanced warning knowing that we're going to be going out to eat. Maybe it's something you you planned at the beginning of the week or whatever. Um, Is there anything that you can do specifically for women with PCOS and weight loss, you know, people looking to lose weight in general, is there anything that you can do before you go out, the days leading up, the hours leading up? Is there anything you can do uh, before you leave the house, maybe like having a plan or something like that, knowing that you're going to be going out to eat? Yeah, you know, that's that's another strong one. Um, This is one of those I like to – sometimes I get on TV here locally around the holiday time. So here's my favorite tips, particularly for – Parties, things you know of in advance, or an entire season, like the holiday season at the end of the year, where you know there's going to be nonstop temptations. And your plan is can be this. You can say, okay, 
I'm going to make it a point to focus in on the appetizers. Let's say it's a party. There's a lovely spread. Maybe there's things on the buffet in someone's home. Maybe you're out at a restaurant. Maybe you're at a fancier um, environment. Maybe it's a catered event. Usually at those spreads, there are some really low-calorie choices. It might be um, the fresh, crisp veggies, you know, that you can use instead of, let's say, crackers, which obviously crackers, refined flour is just the nemesis for PCOS weight loss. You can replace chips, corn chips, potato chips, et cetera, with cucumber slices. They are a viable option. Zucchini strips, whatever works, whatever tastes good, feels good to you. Um, and just keeping that mindfulness in mind. When I see this, I'm going to use that. So if I have a problem with chips and I know chips just spike my blood sugar, of course they do, right? And they add to the weight and the next thing I know, I just, I'm just fatter and fatter. I'm going to go for the vegetables and the less starchy, less blood sugar impacting green vegetables and use those instead. You also know that dips, most dips will probably be out. The one exception that's safe every time I've ever seen it has been salsa. Just about every kind of salsa is low calorie, low blood sugar impact. The one exception to salsa can be mango salsa because mangoes are sweet with the kinds of sugars that can spike your blood sugar. So if you're really sensitive on the blood sugar side, you might want to avoid a mango-based salsa. Other salsas that are tomato-based, green pepper, cilantro, cumin in it, yeah, eat all you want of that. It's like maybe 15, 20 calories. You know, you can fill up on the salsa, stick with the vegetables. If they have um, seafood and shellfish, that tends to be a lower calorie option, um, particularly the shellfish seafood, again, minus the sauces, right? So if you've got um, shrimp and, and you're not allergic to it, enjoy that. You can really fill up on that, super-duper low calorie, certainly not a lot of fat, hardly any fat, really, in those kinds of choices. So it's that kind of thinking in advance, what am I likely to run into? And you know what's typical in the parties in your area, you know? If you're going to run into blue cheese and you know that it's going to just blow you up, um, from the point of view of calories and all, then you, you come up with other things. If you need to, bring your own salsa, but just be mindful and look for other options that can potentially work for you. Excellent. Excellent. Very, very, very smart. Is there anything else on the topic of eating out and managing PCOS weight loss that we haven't talked about that we should have covered? No, I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly, at least for today. Beverly, thank you so much for your time today and for being with us again. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. To learn more about Dr. Beverly Yates and her programs and to get a complimentary free report containing weight loss tips and secrets, all geared specifically for women with PCOS, visit PCOSWeightLossTips.com. Once again, that's PCOSWeightLossTips.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Take care.